Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. We are here. Ta-da! Yay! <laughs> Magic. No kidding. <laughs> well, it has been a riotous week. Yes, it has. Yes, especially the weekend. Yes, it has. Yes. yes. So you can lead off with your exciting event that you were participating in over the weekend. Yes. Well, so this past weekend was the Heritage Festival, which takes place in Forestville on the grounds of Lucky Mojo Curio Company. Uh, yeah. So I don't remember... I've presented there a few times, and I've helped organize it. Even the years I presented, I was doing some behind-the-scenes schlepping, mm-hmm. um, which part of the reason I like, I'm about to reveal some very intimate about myself right now. Part of the reason I like doing the behind-the-scenes schlep work mm-hmm. is because I get a little bit of social anxiety. And when I have a job, mm-hmm. it lessens that. Mm-hmm. So... So I really enjoy the job that I do for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and I enjoy the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I can get a little jaded about spirituality and and, and folks and uh-huh. people in general in the world. And I just had this moment it, uh, on Sunday morning, Candelo, Kimbisa, and Mama E., uh-huh. did a Mesa Blanca, a blessing ritual, and Candelo talked about elevating ancestors and a way to set up your altar, and then we all got a chance to do a cleansing, and, and it it was so beautiful. And I looked around that circle at all of the earnest faces uh-huh. and people who who live their spiritual life every day, who for whom this is not just a trick right or uh, an act of desperation but it is who they are and who they how they walk in the world and i was just so filled right just my heart was so filled like i just i feel so blessed that the work i do in the world is related to my spirituality like that is mm-hmm. that's my work in the world and i am lucky that i get to also make that my profession right and i just felt so recharged by seeing how invested and excited all of the, the participants in the mm-hmm, class can work. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It was a wonderful event, as always. Uh, it was wonderful connecting with folks. I met a lot of people who listened to the show. Hi, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, Professor Porterfield, who is, you know, he's, he's um, 
the Wrangler times 10. You know, he does all the things and helps Miss Cat and organizes. And we had a blast together. Mm-hmm. He's a dear friend. So it was just so much fun. And I also just want to take a minute to thank the folks who came and visited Milk and Honey. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not that far from Lucky Mojo. Mm-hmm. We're only 20 minutes away. And many of the people who came to the festival also came and visited Milk and Honey. How wonderful. That was very lovely and very mm-hmm. special. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm not going to name any names because I am a firm believer in not outing anyone and mm-hmm. I don't have expressed permission. Mm-hmm. But there are two beautiful ladies who uh, came to the Milk and Honey on Monday and who were at the festival, and who I've seen at PantheaCon, uh-huh. so they know who they are. Uh-huh. And I just, uh, you two are adorable. I'm so grateful that you listen to the show, and you're fun and bright spirits, and I'm just very thankful. Uh-huh. It was lovely to spend more time with both of you. Wonderful. So, blah, blah, gush, gush. <laughs> and I'm exhausted. Yeah. I, I did not take a break, or normally I take the day off after the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and I, I was not in a situation where I could do that this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. so I jumped right back into my regular schedule. Mm-hmm. So today I'm feeling a little rough around the edges. So yes, and we are pre-recording this yes. just for those that will hear this because of a uh, experience that we're doing. There's other things that have yeah. come in the way of our normal time frames. Yes. Yeah, the next couple of months, Elvira and I both have a lot of travel and exciting events going mm-hmm. on. So a lot of our shows will be pre-recorded in the coming weeks, but they'll still be airing live on Fridays. As we always try to do with yes. great tenacity. So, yeah. How are you, Miss Elvira? Oh, you know. Gosh, golly, gee willikers. <laughs> um, should I? I'm from the South? No, I'm not. Um, I would tell you that it's been a very intense time mm-hmm. because there's been a lot of things I work at Lucky Mojo on times that I am not doing readings mm-hmm. through the church there and um, so the week leading up obviously had a lot of intensity frenzy. oh frenzy <laughs> and there was an apprenticeship program which you know she holds the week before and it was just there was a lot going on so you know coming and going and then when I got there um, on Sunday it was um, pretty well in the swing of things, so I didn't feel, you know, I was I was outside of anything. I just enjoyed socializing with the people that were there, and I, you know, I didn't have very many, you know, readings in terms of that. But it was more for just being in touch with the people, got to you know, hang out, and then um, you know, helped a friend of mine who had come. She needed to return her car to the airport because she was leaving that night to go back home, so we kind of left a little early. But we had to get the the uh, car to the airport, and not downtown San Francisco. I'm sorry to say, but over here in our local Sonoma Little airport, Santa Rosa airport. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, just jump right back in, like Phoenix said, to the schedule of what we had to do. There was no time off. Right. So um, it was kind of interesting that we were that our subject for tonight is spirit and the concept ether and. I was like, well, I'm in the airy fairy out there in the, you know, the little fluff, and I was enjoying myself while I was doing research, but um, it was kind of fun. But like everything, it's this week is, I think, re-entry, and it's always, as, yeah. I personally think it's as bad as the, the week before. Right. The rush to and the the deflate after yeah. are just as challenging. Yeah. yeah. So, And I didn't have the kind of uh, involvement that, Phoenix had this year. I was on the outskirts on that. Still doesn't matter. You no, get the energy, up in it. the energy, and everything, and people, and and all that. So, but it was a great time, and I know that it did some wonderful uh, work for people to be able to come and get, you know, some of this wonderful information and, and socialize with the people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we got to hang out with all of the other radio hosts yeah, the Lucky Mojo Radio Network. Which is very unusual. <laughs> yeah, Shadia and Jaye and Candelo Cambisa and Professor Porterfield uh-huh. and, of course, Miss Cat And um, Papa Newt. Right, Papa Newt mm-hmm. and Shiva. I know I'm forgetting. So Miss, no. Who am I forgetting? Um, Beverly. Yes. Thank you, Beverly, and Andrea Weston. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So we, we, you know, had a a wonderful time, and we were awarded yeah. a beautiful cup and mug with 
the logo of the Lucky Mojo Radio Show Network. So we were trying to figure out ways of getting them signed or do something really cute, but didn't kind of work out. No, I ran out of time. Yeah, did. So speaking of time, we are sort of floating around with the ethers. we got to think more of what we're going to talk about here. Spirit. Spirit. So we've done a show on each of the elements. Earth, air, fire, and water, and now we move into spirit, that fifth element, uh-huh. that ineffable thing that we're going to try and make effable. Ha-ha! <laughs> I love the effable. That's a good one. I'm impressed. You know, $10 word there. What's funny is I um, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out and research when did pagan, modern pagans start using ether or spirit as the fifth element when because there are traditional british traditional systems of uh-huh. witchcraft uh-huh. which most folks believe is the foundation of modern witchcraft or paganism or wicca these british traditional systems and in these systems they do not invoke a fifth element they, right. they invoke the four elements earth air fire and water and each of those elements has a guardian the guardian of the watchtower of that direction, right? Right. Right. But there isn't a spirit. There isn't an ether. There isn't that fifth element. And I tell you what, I could not find, and I'm going to continue to research this because I want to know. And the closest I could find is Scott Cunningham in mm-hmm. the 80s mm-hmm. started to refer to spirit and ether and Akasha, which is another word, yes, right, yes. Akasha, as the fifth element. And that's because Scott Cunningham, who who had a profound impact on what we consider modern mm-hmm. mechanism, mm-hmm. Scott Cunningham wrote a gabillion books right. about Wicca and specifically about being a solitary practitioner, mm-hmm. which before his time, was not a thing. Right. Right. And it, I mean, it was a thing, let's be real. But it wasn't a thing that was open and talked about. Right. And he really birthed thousands of pagan people mm-hmm. who then felt that they could self initiate. Right. Or have their own practice without going through a British traditional right. line. So Scott Cunningham, it's from what I've been able to dig into, is sort of the father. The, of the of bringing spirit in as the fifth element, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and there is more ancient. Well, and we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that, I think. But there's more ancient um, origins right. of akasha and spirit and right. as a thing, right. right? But as far as our modern practice goes, it probably didn't really start until the 80s. Hmm. Yeah, that would be about right. You yeah. know, when you think about all the things that were going in in the 60s and the 70s mm-hmm. and the awareness, and then, you know, before that it was new thought. Right. You know, new thought. Um, Do you, you invoke center when you cast a circle? When I cast a circle, I will basically work with air, fire, water, earth, and then I will go to spirit mm-hmm. in the sense of a the god, the goddess, the mm-hmm. you know, a specific deity I'm calling in. Right. And I always go above and below. So, you know, it is it is bringing, what it is, is it's creating a sphere right. of energy. And that's how I have done my circles forever. Mm. And I was, you know, the people that trained me, um, they never talked about spirit as the center. They never made mm-hmm. a mention of it. These were, you know, both of them were hereditary witches, one from Scotland, and I think the other one was England. Yeah, and she, you know, both of these people uh, did not do that, but they invoked the deity in in where where you might consider the air center. quoting here center or spirit right. invocation. That's when they called the gods. Yeah, that was when they called the gods. In reclaiming in the reclaiming tradition, as far as my involvement, because mm-hmm. who knows in the seventies and the early eighties what it looked like. I don't right. I don't know for sure, but as far as I've been involved since the mid nineties. Center was always invoked as the fifth element, and it's, you know, center slash spirit slash mm-hmm. ether slash mm-hmm. akasha. And depending on on the person who is invoking, it could be called a myriad of different ways. Mm-hmm. And then the gods are called last, right? right. Sometimes even the ancestors are, are invoked, and then the gods mm-hmm. are called. Mm-hmm. It's like the the way I hold it is the gods are always called last because they are 
um, the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they're the capper. Right. Yeah. But in the Druid system that I was trained in, we didn't even acknowledge spirit as mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's, you know, for the most part, it's a threefold element. Right. Um, land, sea, and sky, with fire sort of being how we hold spirit in right. claiming. Right. Right? Spirit is... All of the elements mm-hmm. and none of the elements. Mm-hmm. It's the center of the circle. Mm-hmm. It's as above, so below. Right. It's right. space. It's it's this thing. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the thing that can't be described. Right, right. And that's how fire is in some of the druidic systems. So it's very interesting. The more I was re- researching and the more I was reading, the more I was questioning my own beliefs mm-hmm. around why why center. Right. And, you know, it goes back, um, the Gnostics yeah. believed in the ethereal body, which basically they referred to when speaking of Jesus and other holy persons, and, you know, bodies of light, mm-hmm. you know, from lifetime to lifetime. And so, I mean, we're talking a belief in something that was actually, if you look at bodies of light, light, fire, you know, so I could see where... Fire becomes the element that, for all intents and purposes, represents spirit. Right. You know, we talk about the divine spark. So um, I think that it is what they also even made the um, space, outer space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the heavenly bodies. I had a friend... Uh, I had a, a loose coven in my early 20s. We weren't ever like an official thing. Mm-hmm. We often did ritual together. And one of the folks that I practiced with at that time, when we would get to invoke center, mm-hmm. they would invoke space. Mm-hmm. And I had never thought about it that way before, And but it makes so much sense mm-hmm. to me. Well, it's because up until science proved that, that it's not ether yeah. um, as a rarefied element that's out there that makes up everything, right. that was considered what space was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even 18th, 19th centuries, they were talking of that in that form. Yeah. This is what it is. It's out there. And you said ether, and we've said ether a few times, but you just said it and it triggered something in my brain. Mm-hmm. You know, when you plug your computer into the ethernet. Ethernet, yes. Right? Yeah. I've always found that to be weird. Yeah, it's almost like Matrix or something. Yeah, the whole concept of that, again, the rarefied, ele- the rarefied element, that rarefied energy. Yeah. And we plug it in and we create this magic. Right. That is our... We don't really know how it works. It just does. It just does. Zeros and ones. I know. Yeah, computer ease. So. But, the thing I found so interesting about the research into spirit and center... Well, maybe, okay, so I realize I I teach Elements of Magic, which is a foundational class in the reclaiming tradition, right? Mm-hmm. And I've done two series of that so far this year. So the elements are really up for me right, right. now. My foundational practices are really up for me right now. So this the timing of, of this show is perfect <laughs> for me. But what I realized in my personal practice, I invoke air, fire, water, earth, and center, Mm-hmm. Right. I don't necessarily think east and air, although I know that because right. I'm trained to that. Right. I can detach the element from the direction. Right. But when it comes to spirit, I always go center. Go and in center. fact, I often say welcome center. Yes. Instead of welcome spirit. Right. Which is this weird me phoenixism. I don't know Ooh. why I do it that way. But what I was finding so interesting in my research is how what my personal belief is that how all of this started was because of akasha. Mm-hmm. Akasha is a Sanskrit word um, that, where does it, my note go? It means uh, to radiate or shine, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. or spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that our early predecessors of modern paganism felt that we needed that, mm-hmm. that our, our ritual process was lacking that. Mm-hmm. And so we borrowed this concept of akasha, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it comes from the Hindu systems. The Buddhists use this system. It's um, it's a Sanskrit word, right. right? So it has this ancient symbolism and meaning. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that this is one of those interesting things that kind of got borrowed, and we don't really acknowledge it or even remember 
because most of us take, and we all say this, the, the mystical. Yeah. Anything that's mystical, sounds mystical, is mystical, and we embellish it. Sure. And sometimes it is from a, an ancestral background and a lineage background that we can pull this from, but they didn't talk about it. Right. You know, they they experienced it. They were of it. Right. They were participating with it, not trying to, you know, connect because they lived it. Yeah. And we have lost that direct connection for the most part, and so we are constantly trying to reconnect. And you were talking about center, and I'm thinking, you know, that's the whole point. What do we say when we say we're centered? Yeah. Okay, so in essence, when doing ritual or when calling in the elements and doing that process, we become centered, and then we take it another step because centered means that ethereal point of reference. We can't answer it except with that bizarre little word right that puts it in and of course the scientific point of reference it was funny because then you get into the etheric body right get into all these other things and we can discuss this later but i found how it wound up in Jungian, and i found out how then from there it came back into our um witchcraft and how others pulled that in to i think make it more acceptable yeah there is so especially in the reclaiming tradition but i i really think in witchcraft in general there is so much Jungian language that Mm -hmm. does not get acknowledged Mm -hmm. and one of the things that i know about witches for you know speaking very generally here Mm -hmm. is that witches work on improving themselves right there's a lot of inner work that happens right sometimes i find that frustrating like okay can we stop navel gazing for a few freaking minutes and do a ritual or a spell or something and not just but, it, but if we can't improve ourselves, if we're not working on our, our own personal temples, if uh-huh. we're not working on our own inner landscape, we're going to be less effective right. in shifting and changing the outer realm. Right. So there is something about center and akasha mm-hmm. and spirit and mm-hmm. being centered and being in that place that helps right. to be a better magical practitioner. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And that, I think, we, so it's, it puts us at, does this have a history in our witchcraft? And it's, it is, it has a history. It just doesn't have the history that we can plod from point A to point B to point C and understand it because right. it's before yeah. the the concept was pulled out Yeah. and then said, well, you are here and you are here and you are here and you are here. I mean, our ancestors worked with very visceral things. Right. And this is a... It is visceral, but it isn't in the sense that I can get a cup of water. I can touch the earth, and but it's us, right? So, and you know, we Akasha that that word when it is in relation to Hinduism and Buddhism, it is about all pervasive life. That mm-hmm. that energy, mm-hmm. the spirit of life, the thing, the animating force. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is subtle. It right. permeates everything. Uh, it's it is both infinite and indefinable, as well as material and fo- has form. Right? It's, it's, right. It's all of the things, and that is a, a direct lineage from Hinduism and Buddhism. This comes from mm-hmm. the Eastern world. This mm-hmm. concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find this same concept in other systems and other traditions. It's just not necessarily called akasha, akasha. or spirit or what right. have you. And you know we've. We modern pagans have taken this idea of Akasha to a whole other realm. Oh, yes. With the Akashic records, <laughs> this whole, uh, and I I hold all of this with reverence and respect as well as skepticism and a little bit of, I'm not so sure I believe this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, your, your mileage may vary on how you believe it. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Akashic records is this astral, Thing that exists somewhere in the ethers, mm-hmm. uh-huh, that word. Yes, there you are. Right, the Akashic records, and and it is the records of all things, always. It's like the supercomputer from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right, right. And some folks believe that they can access the Akashic records and read about their past lives and your past lives and your future lives and the future of the, mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's believed by some folks that um, 
many of the uh, seers, like Nostradamus as an example, because that's the one name I can remember, and my notes are messy, so I can't find the other names, but uh, that he was actually accessing the Akashic Records Mm -hmm. when he was making his predictions, Mm -hmm. and other folks in that similar vein who had been trained could access the Akashic Records, and I've definitely met modern pagans who mm-hmm. say that they access the Akashic records and they do all of this work in the Akashic library mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical. Well, you know, I believe I, with the concept of Akasha is that everything we do leaves a footprint, yeah, an energy print. Absolutely. So being able to connect with the energy print is what we're doing now, reading it in a manner that will be translated for our modern day. Okay, you know, I get, I kind of do that. Now, I actually, the funny part that you would say that, back when I was in L.A. and I was living there, there was a young woman, fascinating. Her son was very much into, uh, he had a very big part in some TV show, but she could read the Akashic Records, and through one of my friends, they said, you need to go and have this reading. And what she did was she put me on my path because she mm-hmm. basically read, and she would read it like a sentence. She would sure. go the, T-H-E, plus, you know, and then period, and, and she just like that. It was fascinating. And she basically talked about my energy, the work with energy and, and the process of following that. And then the second time I went back, it was after I'd met my second husband and she said she told me about my daughter and what she would be like and she said she would and I hadn't planned on it as a matter of fact quite frankly um, he was not able to have children because of some war injuries at least that's what was thought right miracle upon miracles not truly (laughs) but um, so I do have a sense of there is a real point of reference here. I don't necessarily think that we can go back and flip through the pages and do all of the things in that way. I think it's a, a combination, mm. and it's set up for us. I think people can do it because we're in this world. Sure. We translate it into what we understand sure. rather than maybe it was a swirling energy energy that you, you, you connected with and then you knew. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily, I don't think it's complete bullshit. I, and I actually like having some things that I just don't know how I feel about. That mm-hmm. It's a mystery that has yet to reveal itself mm-hmm. in one way or another to mm-hmm. me. I like that. I like having some things out there that I'm still like, maybe, I don't know. We're not <laughs> jaded. We're not jaded. You know, that's a big thing after a while. Yeah, but, you know, it's it, Akasha, it, it is... <sighs> Much like the Hindu and Buddhist idea around this word, it is an animating life force. Uh It is the space in between the other elements. Uh It is the thing that binds them all together, and it is also the thing that makes them all different. Right. It is the soul in our body, Uh right? So it's, it's a complicated element, and it feels different than an element to me too you know that's why i'm like i'm really renegotiating with myself what it is to be in sacred space now and how i how i i want to invite these things in my personal work you know when i'm when i'm with this group we always do it this way when right I, when i go to reclaiming public ritual we always do it this way right but when i do it myself it's going to be different i think i don't know that i'm going to invoke Spirit, because mm-hmm. I don't work with Akasha right. as an entity. Right. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm having a spiritual crisis. Oh, dear. All right. Watch it. <laughs> Bruce Willis, come in. Fifth element. Just a moment. Oh, my gosh. How many <laughs> times did that movie come up? Well, oh, well. Him to Google. I know. And, well, and the funny part is, is I never, I was doing a different kind of research, but every time I put fifth element down, yeah. That's what came to mind. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, how ingrained are we with some of our our movies, our pop culture, our pop culture? But it basically represents, you know, the combination of all. Just like you said, it is all. It is enough. It is between, and it is what we have woven the deities from. Yeah, the deities. Ha- that is whether we want to make them into. Um, well, you put a label on it, you know, we're back to Adam and Eve, the concept of labeling. Um, 
you put a label on it and you say this is, I was talking about one of the, the Celtic um, versions of they're the shining ones, the opalescent ones, the, you know, the, the silver ones, whatever. Or you give it a name as a deity. Mm. It is the energy that is of all of those, it is individuated in that form. Right. It's just how we are seeing it, how our tradition sees it, how our um, heritage sees it. Mm. And right. so I guess it becomes, you know, I guess I constantly think of the burning bush now. Um, you know, just a, a, a ball of fire, a right. ball of energy, and we equate it to, oh, my God, it's burning, it's fire, but it isn't. Right. It is energy. So even Wilhelm Reich said it was the life force, the orgone energy. Yeah, right. You know, he, he put it in a more scientific point of reference, but right. there you are. The other, uh, one of the other ancient or older connections to spirit and ether specifically was from the alchemists. Mm-hmm. And the alchemists, one of the things that they did was, you know, they tried to uh, use science to mm-hmm. make gold, right? right? They tried to use science, what, the science of the time, which, you know, we would say a lot of that is science. Is, well, it's mysticism now, yeah. right? But yeah. at the time it was cutting-edge science. But the alchemists also attempted to uh, find the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've heard of that from Harry Potter, but there was a belief that uh, we humans could bind the elements in such a way that it could give us eternal life, that we could live forever as a human mm-hmm. being, not just as a spiritual mm-hmm. essence, right? Mm-hmm. They also felt that the key to all of this was in harnessing ether. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is a thing of ether, right? Like you can knock someone out with ether. Yeah. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't mean that thing. No. <laughs> that, but that's a chemical. Yeah. They weren't talking about that ether. Right. They were talking about Akashic ether. Right. Spirit ether. And they believed that it, accessing ether contained the essence of life. Right. And that you could do all of the things the alchemists were attempting to do if you could access the ether. Right. So they spent, many alchemists spent their lifetimes trying to unlock these secrets. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has become very valuable modern science knowledge. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these folks just poisoned themselves, like, by drinking mercury and doing weird shit like that with with elementals and things that actually do poison and kill you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's the concept. I want gold, yeah, and the gold is the, and it's made of this kind of. It's hard. It's right. real, and so we'll create it. Um, but if you think of what ether, spirit, akasha represents, it is a gold. It is not necessarily an element, right? In that sense, right? It is a. a is that essence, and you know, there are all these things that we talk about in terms of seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the energy that's left that is part of who we were in the physical plane, right. but did not have. It was connected, but not. It was an individual point of reference. It was a duplicate. Right. So yeah. I know that um, I was reading that, and I'm going, oh, now we can talk about ghosts. <laughs> you know. Yay. Yay. But it's it's the idea that if we have a soul that is made of this fine, rarefied um, energy, then that being, that energy attached to us gives us life and detaches does not. Mm. But where does it go? Right. And what is it? Well, this is a perfect place to stop and take a break. And we can explore these concepts more. More. The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30, 
Candela's Corner with Candela Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A. Mondays, 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith. Tuesdays, 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Fearyou. Wednesdays, 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania. Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield. Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston. Saturdays, 5 to 7. All Times Pacific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. We're back. <laughs> or are we? Where are we? Are, are we? Are we out there in, in the Akasha? <laughs> the ether. Oh, yay. <laughs> See? <laughs> Give us a little inch, we'll take a mile. Oh, my goodness. Uh, ghosts. Ghosts. Yes, ghosts. We are disembodied voices coming right. to you from the magical ether of the internet. We're ghosts, right? Oh my goodness. That's pretty fucking weird, pardon my language, if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. So someone who is listening to the show, they're not, as we speak right now, literally, mm-hmm. literally right now, mm-hmm. no one is listening to us mm-hmm. because we are doing a secret pre-record. Right. Tomorrow, when this show airs, People will be listening to our voices, but it's not us. I know. We are in the past. That's it. That is the essence of spirit right there. Yep. Magic. I know. I know. And we can use this. We and can I have this. not had any marijuana. No, actually, she's <laughs> been enjoying coffee, which, of course, <laughs> I am lusting after the fact that I don't have it, and she does. So, <laughs> oh, well. Uh Yeah. So, I mean, just for the fun to buy, we'll, we'll go back to ghosts in a minute, I yeah. think. But um, one of the things I found, and again, correspondences yeah. are things that people put together that sort of are things they can use as, as um, touchstones to yeah. get in touch. You know, we, to, like, we like correspondences. We like correspondence. Well, obviously, for ether slash spirit, yeah. they consider it the center and I found this interesting, the center and circumference throughout and above. Mm-hmm. So it made it, just like we were talking earlier, not just a point. It is part of this and everything else, which I thought was, wow, that's that's really heavy yeah. or light. Um, and it basically rules transcendence, transformation, yep. change, um, the void, imminent, you know, it's kind of like got all these wonderful ways to say everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when they start talking about time, which, of course, is a linear construct, and you're yes. talking about spirit, is kind of an oxymoron. Yeah. So they kind of throw, like, beyond time, all time is one. You know, I thought, well, okay, that's cool. Yeah, one of the correspondences I read was that the time, you know, all the other elements have a time of day. Right. Right. So this is what we mean with the correspondences. All the other elements have a color, a time of day, a astrological mm-hmm. sign. Center gets none of that shit. But one of the, the things I read was time for center was eternal starlight. Oh, nice. Eternal starlight. There we are with the stars again. Yay. So, of course, they throw in, you know, colors. Yeah, and it's kind of like okay, so you have clear, you have white, mm-hmm. black. they had black, yeah. and they actually had violet, right? Which I thought was very interesting. Well, it's connected to the crown chakra, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. is ultraviolet or or so purple it's white, mm-hmm. right? That crown mm-hmm. chakra energy that connects us to the gods, right? Yeah, right. So there you go with that. Yeah. Then they had to throw in a couple of things that I found interesting because, of course, plant was mistletoe. Oh, see, now the correspondence list I said or saw herbs, none. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, they wanted it grounded, I guess, in the in the real world. And of I like course, mistletoe, though. Yeah, mistletoe. Tree. Now, I mean, you're going to have a tree for, for center, I mm-hmm. guess. Sure. And they called it the flowering almond tree. Sure, why not? Why not? What? Why not? I figured, well, okay. Is now, there a difference between an almond tree and a flower? Or is it an almond tree when it's in flower? Maybe, or just it flowers with no fruit. 
There are trees that do that. But an almond tree's fruit is an almond, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not necessarily. <laughs> they've bred it. To see, the point here is, is they've bred it without it. But this is talking about something that should happen in nature. Okay. Okay. Again, so, we're humans. We yeah. like correspondences. We love Some things. Of this is utter shite. But yeah. keep going. This is okay. awesome. This is good. They go, season. Now, of course, what are we going to have? It says, turning wheel. Yes. Right? Right. It is what keeps the wheel moving. Exactly. It is not one of the seasons. Exactly. It makes the seasons. Makes the seasons. Now, this is my favorite one. This is the perfect show to be high on marijuana. Of course it is. Feels, these, this conversation feels like a conversation I, I had in my early 20s. <laughs> okay. Okay. Animal. Animal. Mm. Ready? Yeah. Sphinx. Yes. Okay, see, I told you, I like yes. that one. That yes. one kind of gives me I read me that, like, mm. too, the Sphinx. <clears throat> and then There's all of this interesting story about mm-hmm. the Sphinx and Ether, mm-hmm. and because the Sphinx is the challenger and the questioner. And, right. But also knows all things. And right. There's some interesting mythology around what is underneath the feet of the Sphinx. And yeah. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. All that is, see, Love it. mystery. Now, of course, they had to add, what are you going to talk about? Well, spirit has to have a god and goddess. Um, somehow I had a hard time with this, but that's okay. Okay. All right. It was the secret names of the goddess, Shekinah, and for the god it was Akasha and Yohei Bahe. Akasha is a god? Yes. I'm going to look that up. I, it said now. that. I'm like, okay. I don't know why, but I all, maybe it's just because it's in English, Akasha sounds like a feminine name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was what it said. So I was like, I have to say these things. <laughs> But so she's googling away. See, lucky us, we've got the ether net. I'm using the ether right. to look up to look it up something about Akasha. So, and speaking of that, of course, it is you know they again Akasha. Even if it is just the name, they have chosen to use it as the the highest aspect of consciousness. It is a masculine word in Sanskrit. Okay, Vedic Sanskrit. Sky atmosphere. Well, you know, they tend to make sky male, right? Sure. So we can see where they may have gotten that as a determination. Yeah, none of this is saying anything about it being a god, but it is saying that it is the fifth physical substance, which we've already been talking about, uh-huh. grand physical element. Uh-huh. Um, there's... Akasha also shows up in Jainism, Buddhism, modern paganism. See, there we are. Say anything about the gods. No. Anyway. So there we are. That, very, that was my uh, my correspondence. Nice. Well, I have a few more. Of course, eternal starlight is the time. My yes. Favorite. Yes. Uh, the basic nature of spirit is unknowable. Ooh. Its energy is both projective and receptive. Of course. Its places are in outer space. See, there we are with outer space. And vacuums. Vacuums. So I would just like everyone to hold that awareness. When they... The next time you vacuum your home... Yes. You are doing a spiritual act. It's deep. Yes. It's deep. It is very deep. And if you use hoodoo powders on your floor for peaceful home or protection, mm-hmm. I do. I use sachet powders on my carpet when I vacuum. little secret witchy tip here. If you use specific hoodoo powders or other types of magical mm-hmm. powders, it can help bring that energy into your home. And then vacuuming is a very sacred act. Mm-hmm. This adds a whole new layer. Right. You are creating the winds of Akasha. Right. And bringing that, yes. The winds of Akasha. The winds of Akasha. You have to write that down. I am writing it down. Okay. All right. I see a, I see a a bodice ripper romance. Oh, my gosh. Well, and here's, you know, again, I kind of look at every one of these places we've done our research, whether it's books or on the Internet or wherever, we always get different things, and so you yeah. take it according to what you feel. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing about modern paganism, right? Mm-hmm. That eclectic paganism. Mm-hmm. Does it work? Mm-hmm. Does it fit? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like it's right for you? Good job. Great. That's it. That's fine. That's it. Yeah. Because we evolve, okay? We are not the 
Neanderthal, the um, little fishes in the ocean or whatever we have, you know, evolved from. Right. We have evolved. And, you know, Darwinism is about, you know, evolution. So if you look at that as the human point of reference mm-hmm. and your belief system isn't that you came fully formed as a human being and that was it, dropped down and there you are and there was no evolution. But if you do have the concept of evolution as part of your life, then our spirituality is an evolution. Right. And it keeps evolving. You have to evolve or you die. Exactly. So what may have been the way of practicing witchcraft Mm -hmm. in, what, 600 Mm -hmm. A.D. or, you know, 1200 A.D. or whatever, um, has changed not only because our world has changed, so the items that are available to us have changed. Yeah. But things have evolved. Science has brought things. Sometimes it's like, oh, they finally discovered what we already knew. Yeah. Or, oh, look at that. It's really a whole new level that we didn't even think of in terms of where we were coming from. And a lot of what we're doing in our modern practice is reconnecting to those things that are around us that we Mm -hmm. take for granted. Mm -hmm. Because as a society, as a human species, we've gotten disconnected. I think we say this every week. Yes. We've gotten disconnected. And part of the purpose of being a witch Part of the purpose of being a priestess, part of the purpose of practicing a pagan tradition is to reconnect and to help others Mm -hmm. reconnect Mm -hmm. because we are of this planet Mm -hmm. and the planet needs us to survive. And, well, not really. We need the planet to survive. Yeah, that's true, but she'll kill us off and go on and be much healthier without humans. (laughs) Yeah, shake us off. We are connected. And if you think Mm -hmm. about all of the bacteria that keep us alive, that live in our bodies, mm-hmm. that we have a symbiotic relationship with, we don't think about it. We take those things for granted. But we are not alone in our bodies. Right. Just as the planet is not alone without us. Mm-hmm. We are the planet's bacteria. Well, that's pretty, you know, that's a pretty uh, medical way of looking at sure. it. I like that's, that. That's, yeah. like, that's ether. Mm-hmm. That is the thing that keeps us connected that, that we don't see. Right. And yet... We work actively to make those mm-hmm. functions, to reconnect, to not take those mm-hmm. things for granted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that when we, these are head items, these are things that we talk about, mm-hmm. they're words that we put down and, you know, have ways to label and define. Yeah. But when you connect with spirit, ether, akasha, when you connect with it, you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, because what you've done is you stopped the analytical mind and allowed space, right? which is actually what center is about. It's about the space of opening to the big space. And that analytical mind goes right back to the Jungian concepts yes. where we have that talking self that's mm-hmm. constantly blah, blah, blahing, mm-hmm. and it, it keeps us distracted from our God self and that primal self. Mm-hmm. And it's the primal self and the God self that need to communicate in order for us to make mm-hmm. shifts in our lives, mm-hmm. the talking self, it serves a purpose because it's learned lessons, mm-hmm. and, and but it doesn't always come. It thinks it's doing its job by protecting us. Right. Sometimes those protections are outdated. Right. So when we can step into the ether, when we can be in our center, when we can get to those moments where talking self is quiet, mm-hmm. our primal and God self can more easily speak. These are all very Jungian concepts, but they are ingrained in right. paganism and witchcraft. Because they're a language that can communicate. Yeah. Just like um we have languages that don't take words. Yeah. That we communicate with each other or with our, you know, various animal friends out there or whatever. Yeah. And I think that, you know, all the time we we've presented things this is the one that is most nebulous, yeah, and in itself most awe-striking, right? Because it's so big, it, right. you know. We, we it's just it has no limit, and we're trying to limit it by discussing it, right? Oh my! Yeah, yeah. How human are we? I know, really. I'm kidding. Which is so cute. Well, there's a couple other correspondences mm-hmm. we talked about the chakra, but also. The last card of the tarot, the world mm-hmm. card, 
that is the card of, of spirit, uh-huh. right? It's the completion. Uh-huh. If you are familiar with the tarot in the in the Rider Waite deck, you see the world and then it, this androgynous figure dancing upon it. Uh-huh. And it is a genderless, genderful. Right. On top of the world, holding all of the tools, right. the wand and the sword and the pentacle and the cup. Right. It has reached completion. Right. Right. So there is an interesting... Uh, if you want to connect more to the spirit, to ether, to Akasha, mm-hmm. the world card in a tarot deck is a really interesting way to do that. To meditate on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just like a long time ago, one of my teachers would tell me, well, if you're going to meditate, put the card out and visualize it, be with it, and then close your eyes and see the card growing. Yeah. And then as it gets to life size, yeah. you step into yeah. it. Not just like a picture frame or, like a door picture or a doorway. And, yeah. and, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, of course, back when I was first starting. This was like awesome. Wow. It is awesome. You know, and then there were all these incredible experiences that yeah. took place. They weren't necessarily just the tarot card yeah. that you used. It yeah. became this whole other level. And that, again, is connecting with the ether, the spirit, the akasha, the energy that is behind. Right. One of my most profound experiences was trancing into the High Priestess card, and it was in the deck that I use, so it's uh-huh. not the Rider Waite uh-huh. High Priestess, but it was. There's a character in that card, and you you allow yourself to go into a meditative state, and that frame opens, and you walk through that doorway, and then you can interact with that character, right? And you can glean some very deep information. And this is a way to work with the tarot, right? Right. If you want to learn more, you can trance into every single tarot card if mm-hmm. you want to. Mm-hmm. But it's also a way to if if there's a specific thing going on in your life or a challenge you're mm-hmm. working through, a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. You can find a tarot card that relates to that situation Uh or a tarot card that you think would be a good uh, informative, Uh ally, Uh uh, wise one, Uh right, for your situation. For me, it was the high priestess. Uh And then step into that card and get the information Right, right. A profound experience. One of my favorite things to do. It's how I teach people to learn the tarot. Yeah, exactly, because it it allows you to become personal Uh and you know, you. this is the same thing with working with the fifth element, yeah. i.e., is it becomes personal. How do you make it personal? Right. And if you look at Tarot, mm-hmm. you have a suit for every element, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. sword is air, the wand is fire, the cup is water, mm-hmm. the pentacle is earth, and that leaves all of the major arcana for the spirit. spirit. Yeah. And I was a long time ago. That was, you know, the major arcana were the major energy patterns. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And so you kind of, you know, navigate that. So that is a tip on how to work with your tarot. Yeah. Yeah. See, you never know what we might randomly throw in. Hey, it's always related. <laughs> we we will certainly try to do an incredible weaving with little knots that you have no idea why we put them there. Right. <laughs> Right. I wanted to mention, this kind of goes backwards a little bit. Oh, sure. Um, But Madame Blavatsky did a lot of research about Akasha. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the founders of the Theosophical Society. Mm -hmm. Uh, She believed it was universal life force and had done a lot of the research she'd done was based on occultist research or alchemist research, that luminous fifth element. but a lot of her research, according to some of her research, she felt that the anima mundi, the thing that animates us as human mm-hmm. beings, was akasha, mm-hmm. which is what the Sanskrit systems say, which is what the Buddhist systems say. Right. You know, this is this is not new information, but it was brought very Western right. through Madame Blavatsky. Right. She right. wanted to acknowledge her as one of the founders of modern spirit right right i think they research in it yeah she is she is very um i remember reading her and alice bailey yeah those are the we're talking the primers back when i started and it was like we didn't have because actually at that time it was it wasn't like it was we didn't have it it was that everybody was starting to formulate the next layer right so it was go back to the the layer before which was the you know the the 
late 1900s or late 1800s, early 1900s, yeah. where people were starting to put that into effect right. and move forward. And then, of course, we had our, you know, jump over into the 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, et cetera. Right. Fast forward. Fast forward in. Mm-hmm. But um, somewhere in the 50s, I think, the 40s and 50s got kind of, well, 40s, 50s was the complacent time. Because think of all the people coming back from the war. And, right. you know, it was all trying to get back to normal. Right. And they didn't quite go into all of this as much. It was still underground. Very underground. <laughs> so um, let's We have see. about five minutes. Woo! My gosh. Fast, fast. Yes. We should probably mention the cauldron. Oh, yes, yes, the cauldron, which, of course, we have at point of water, put it there. Yeah, but it sort of travels. Yes, yes, it does. It also is connected, is to, connected center. to center, and it is, again, an area of transformation. Yeah. So we would have put sometimes fire or wa- um, boil water, do our herb making, um, um, obviously cooking when we were back in the really old times where you used it for that. Um, so, yeah, many myths, the cauldron is the place of rebirth, right. of transformation, right. of magic potion, of, mm-hmm. you know, it holds all of the things. Mm-hmm. With Caridwin's story, it's the magical elixir, but as soon as a drop is drunk, the rest of it becomes poison. Right. It, it is the the grail and the poison. It is right. the healer and the healer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, life, death. Yeah. Whoops. The other side of the coin. Right. So, yeah, so we have the cauldron. I think that that is um, that. And, of course, the, the the way that a lot of Celtic traditions are going, they've also used the the ether or the center spirit for the, the shining ones, the ones that they talked of as the wise ones, and then they kind of had delineations according to the lordly ones were more tangible and more connected to the main elements, and then the shining ones were the ones that were just a little above, and they kind of were the they were the highest and best yeah. of the the more uh, grounded, and then they kind of went to I think they added one I've never heard this until I started writing reading and all is the opalescent ones, which are they decided to put the fairies in that mm. the little gossamer wing process and the angels yeah. and stuff. So that was like even finer. Again, we go to the hierarchical thing, you know. Right, right. Yeah, we like to do that. Yeah. That's, so that's anyway, that gives you a, a real quick rundown on some other things. You know, it was considered the gateway, the center was the gateway to the Isles of the Blessed, mm-hmm. which again is the, the time beyond. Right. So there you go. So go out and explore something that can't be explored. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Well, what is it? What is it uh, to go where no person? Well, we won't say man. Right. No person has gone before, there right? Go. Okay. There you go. So next week we are doing Gardnerian. We're going to start adding another layer to our shows and yes. talk about other traditions, specific traditions, and and some of these traditions, Gardnerian being one of them is initiatory. So there are things we won't be able to talk about because of non-initiation or being oath-bound. Right. So we'll talk about what it means to be oath-bound. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of traditions. And then again, to plug the the thing, Ask the Witch. Ask, ask a Witch. So uh, that segment is coming up soon. I don't have the specific date yet, but soon. So if you have a reading, if you'd like to get a free reading from me and Elvira, if you have a question you would like us to banter about, if you have a question about paganism in general or witchcraft or anything like that, go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there's a little form you can fill out with your mm-hmm. question. And you can specify whether you want us to mention your name or not. We we will keep everyone's information confidential unless exactly. you say, feel free to say my name. Bye. Um yeah, and there's other events that are coming up this summer that I thought would be good to to talk about quickly. Okay. If you are in Northern California, the weekend of June 10th and 11th at Isis Oasis up in Geyserville, there is a henna weekend, which is henna is a, an art form that comes from India and uh, North Africa, and it is a, a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an event all about the art and mm-hmm. of henna, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's all kinds of other fun stuff happening in and around Milk and Honey. Right. Then there's California Witch Camp at the end of June, and Spir- which is in Mendocino. 
um, and Spiral Heart Witch Camp starting July 10th in Pennsylvania. Aye. Well, there you go. Pennsylvania. So, you know, come see me. I'll be doing some stuff. It'll be fun. That's it. There you go. Well, I think with that, we will wish you all a fond and wonderful adieu or two, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.